face to face, I really couldn't care for the days of COVID. I remember being at the grocery store, and I was like the third person in line, and I put some items on the belt there, and I noticed uh, I was third in line. There was a person who was checking out, interacting with the cashier, and there was some plexiglass between them, uh, the customer and the cashier, and they're trying to talk to each other, and they're both trying to position themselves that they can get around the plexiglass and see each other what? Face to face. I'm really glad that the masks are off. I'm really glad that the plexiglass is gone. They were able to see people face to face. And when I was waiting in line, I desired something more than just checking out my grocery. I desired the day when I could look at a person without a mask on their face and actually have a conversation. There's nothing like talking or seeing or interacting with a person face to face. My lovely wife was uh, uh, the receptionist at East Peoria High School and she was behind a bulletproof glass and then this little speaker thing up here. Then about three inches down below uh, they had open space to, to send papers. And I can't tell you how many times I went to visit her or maybe we'd go out to lunch. Somebody was trying to reach up with their eyes to see through that speaking area or even crouching down that they're able to see there because there's nothing like looking at a person what? face to face. And then my daughter, she sends me pictures of my granddaughter, maybe text it to me or put it on Facebook. And then what's it called when you have a live chat on the phone? What's that called? Live streaming what? FaceTime, yeah. There's something, nothing like seeing my granddaughter there. But then it's always great when I pull up in their house on Kansas Street in Morton. And I see my granddaughter look out the window. Ten seconds later, she's out the front door. And ten seconds later, she's in her arms, able to see a person what? There's nothing like interacting with a person face-to-face. -face. You ever went to a ball game so you can see somebody face-to-face? -face? You ever went to a concert that you can have your favorite artist sing to you what? Face-to-face? -face? Or you might meet with someone face-to-face -face, or you have a meeting or something important to say, no, we need to see it face-to-face. -face. There's nothing like seeing someone we love face-to-face. -face. There's something unique about face-to-face -face interaction. Roberta Flack in 1972, I'm sure you heard the words. The first time I ever saw your face, right? I thought the sun rose in your eyes. There's nothing like face-to-face -face conversation for those married or those in love, to be able to see that person face-to-face. -face. And so that brings us to uh, the thought that sometimes God seems far away from us. We don't see God or Jesus face-to-face. -face. We interact by faith. We can't see God face to face, so sometimes God seems far away from us. And if we haven't been in the Word, or if our life's sort of messed up, we sometimes see, think that God's far away from us because He's not interacting with us. And sometimes God seems distant to us. Maybe my life hasn't been what God has exactly wanted me to be, and I feel bad about that. Or, or may, maybe there's just some things happening in my life that make God seem far away because we sometimes don't have that face time with God, even though he is near and dear to us. God seems distant to us. So in today's gospel lesson, you're all familiar with the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12, probably Jesus' most famous sermon. But there, the most important words that we sometimes forget is seeing the crowds. So Jesus had the disciples there, then he had the crowds there, and they're able to do what? See Jesus how? Face it. Well, they weren't looking at Jesus. They were looking at God, and God was looking at them. Because that's basically all that God really desires, that we're in a loving relationship with him, and he's in a relationship with us, and we can dwell with God. 
and the security of his blessing and the security of grace. And so Jesus saw the crowds face to face and he had compassion, he had mercy on them. And what Jesus really did was this. He changed the word blessed because, see, the word blessed can make God seem far, far away. And you might be saying, what are you talking about, pastor? I use the word blessed all the time. But sometimes when we use the word blessed, it makes God seem far away or that we're distant from God, or maybe God really isn't paying that close attention to us. Let me go ahead and explain. Sometimes people say, well, I I got blessed with a new promotion. I got a new job. I got a significant raise. I can move my family to the nice side of town and then put them in the best school. I'm able to buy a newer car and we get to take that dream vacation. And I think you can all say that my life is what? Blessed. And we might walk into a new RV and say, man, you're really blessed. I really like your house. I just can't believe it. God has really what? Blessed you. And we'd say that with a new promotion. And oftentimes we hear that, that I've been blessed. Or I got blessed with being accepted into medical school. Now I know this from my daughter, how difficult it was for her to get into physical therapy school. Matter of fact, the saying was it's more difficult to get into school than the schoolwork itself. And I got blessed by getting into medical school. I worked really hard through high school and college. I kept up my GPA. I passed the test. And I'm in medical school. And right now, if I keep my nose clean, I'll be able to become a doctor. I'll be able to touch lives. And I'll have uh, plenty of money. And I'll live a very blessed life. Or, or I'm blessed with achievements and gifts. Do you watch the World Series? And after the World Series, they always interview the winning team. And they're all up on the stage. And they're getting... They're getting the trophies and confetti's falling down. And there's always a couple people, and I thank God for it. Please don't think I don't thank God for it. They're saying I've been blessed by God. I think the head coach won a number of World Series in different leagues, and he's saying that he is very blessed. Or we look at an athlete who does very well, and we say what? They're very blessed. You see, to many, when we say the word blessed, we think that they've received the American dream. Everything goes well, new job, I'm in school, I have all these accolades, and we say they live a blessed life. But in reality, friends, in the Sermon on the Mount, God changes the view on how God works, what it means to be blessed. Well, let me come back here. I've been blessed with a new promotion. Well, what about the person who didn't get the new promotion? What about the person whose company downsizes? What about businesses that move overseas and I got left without a job? And the pay raises I was hoping to get the second half of my career never came. I didn't get that promotion, and I had to live in the same house, and the house is tight, and I drive the same used car, and I didn't get that. Does that mean that I'm not blessed? Oh, I didn't get accepted into medical school. I tried really hard, and the competition was really steep. For my daughter, there's 400 applicants for 24 spots. I didn't get accepted into medical school, so now I work part-time at Menards trying to pay off my college loans that are quite steep. My life isn't quite blessed. Or what about the person who isn't blessed with achievements and gifts? Two summer, two, I'm sorry, two springs ago, I was, I was helping my brother at a track meet. My brother's one of the top track and field officials in Northeast Ohio. And he asked me to come do a long jump. And there's this outstanding athlete from Menor High School. And she did the long jump. And he said, now help me measure. She was a quarter of an inch from the state record. I wanted her to get it. I could say, I was right there. And somebody said, man, she's really blessed. Well, what about the person who works really hard and practices overtime? and never gets to compete varsity in a long jump and is stuck on JV 
all four years in high school. Is that person not blessed? What about the person who doesn't even make the team or get to dress for the games? Well, we might see they're not blessed. I'm being funny here. I sometimes think about people who use our lift, and we can say, well, <laughs> we can sometimes say, we're really not blessed. But see, Jesus changes the way in which we use the word blessed. How it means that. Blessed are the, blessed are who? Because Jesus sees them, loves them, and makes something out of nothing. Blessed is the mother whose husband has severe dementia and Medicare can't kick in because their house is paid for, not old enough to receive Social Security, and I still have three children in a home. I have to sell my home because I can't afford to put the person in the facility that I need to be. Blessed is that person. Or blessed is the person whose children are fighting and they don't get along with each other because we want to have birthday parties and anniversaries and they refuse to come. Or blessed is the person who spends two hours on the road for six months taking their loved one for chemotherapy and treatment. Blessed is the person who goes to work and there's nothing but turmoil and hassle and they try to keep everyone from getting, getting along and doing the work. Or blessed is the meek person who sits at the lunch hour with her co-workers and simply wants to get along and listen to other people brag and swear and argue with each other. Blessed is the person who met with Schaefer's funeral home three times this past year and three times consoling them at a tent at Riverview or Riverside Cemetery and they know what it's like to lose loved ones. Blessed is that person. Friends in Christ, when I was at the Synodical Convention in Milwaukee, the president of Lutheran Church in Ukraine got up and he thanked our church for helping them out. And how we helped them out? Well, we didn't send them communion kits or portal prayer Bibles. We sent them helmets and flak jackets so their pastors could make shut-in calls and hospital calls in eastern Ukraine because we know what's going on there. Jesus changes the way that we see the word blessed. Blessed is the person who simply has the gifts and the skills to maybe work at a fast food restaurant and make their bills and does their best. Blessed is the person who doesn't need to run their mouth or be the top of the line and simply does what they're called even though they're not considered cool. Jesus changes the way in which we see blessed. Blessed are who? Those who mourn the meek, those who are pure in heart, those who are peacemakers. Blessed are those who are humble. Blessed are those who are pure in heart. Or what about the person who simply wants to live a very simple life and reads the poor little prayer every day, come to church and comes to the Bible study and says, I want to be a Christian, even though that's all I can do. Or what about the person who's in a nursing home for eight years and can't do much physically, but yet prays for every patient there? Blessed are the pure in heart, and blessed are those who seek the face of God, for they will see God. Jesus changes the very way in which we see the word what? Blessed. He makes something out of nothing. Jesus breaks through barriers and opens the kingdom of God to who? All people, especially those people who we might think don't have the American dream. Who you may think never made it, but they are blessed. Blessed are they who seek God, for they will see him face to face. God's graciousness and goodness comes freely to all people, no matter the situation in life, no matter the ups and the downs. That is the blessing of the cross. And Jesus' death on the cross, and we might not say that Jesus was blessed. 
is a brutal, humiliating, humbling death in front of others on a torture device by the Romans. But by his death, we are blessed. That cross becomes the gate of heaven. Our sins are forgiven in him. All sufferings overcome by him. And all promises are what? Yes in him. So we can say that we're blessed. Martin Luther once quipped, to some people God gives money and fame, and to other people God gives faith and meekness. I'll say it again. To some people God gives money and fame, to other people God gives meekness and faith, and which would you rather have? Not that the other one's sinful and evil in itself. So we can say that we're blessed. Even in those times, by faith in Christ, we have eternal life. What it means to be truly blessed? We are blessed by God who sees us face to face and makes us into his new creation. There's a book I read every two, three years that's called um, The Wounded Healer. It's about a young man who sort of grew up a dork and he got picked on and he never played sports and he never got the girl and his parents died at a younger age and he had a rough time in his early part of his life and things just didn't go well. However, he persevered, and by God's grace, he became a priest. Then he said, becoming a priest and going through what I went through made me a far better priest. I can now empathize with people. I understand where people are coming from when I'm meeting with them at the funeral home or someone's in the hospital, or I meet someone on the street who's down and out. The wounded healers are the best healers. Why? Because they've been there. They are blessed. They are deep. They have character. They have heart. By the way, Jesus is the ultimate wounded healer, God himself. He's been there, despised, mocked, rejected, crucified. He is God, the wounded healer for us. We are called by saints. might seem odd for me to call you saints, but if you are forgiven and you believe in Jesus and you are a saint, you're blessed with eternal life. So right now, I'm going to call these people blessed, even though we might not think so. They are blessed because we're now with the Lord. So every All Saints celebration, we commemorate all those saints who died the past year from All Saints Day 2022 to now. They're blessed. John Glick, December 1st. Herbert Delventhal, January 4th. Josephine Williamson, January 4th. Judy Blair, January 10th. Dennis Stoller, January 29th. Otto Nicely, February 1st. Jared K. Meyer, February 14th. Martha Vaughn, February 15th. John Schatz, February 16th. Minnie Wagner, March 30th. Dorothy Winkleman, April 10th. Ronald Meyer, April 17th. Ken Saul Miller, April 20th. Virginia Mast, April 20th. Joanne McRae, April 27th. Wilma Beaverson, May 1st. Marvel Wilhelm, May 8th. Marilyn Caldwell, June 16th. Matt Hanencraft, June 27th. Phyllis Kaiser, July 1st. Bob Cavan, July 5th. Autumn Hyman, July 19th. Brenda Uckland, August 13th. Leo Becker, September 4th. Donna Nicely, September 5th. Joanne O'Leary, September 7th. Sally Sitzenstock, September 14th. Pam Lively, September 30th. Jonas Mack, September 30th. Lorna Goldenitz, October 22nd. 
Robert Bud Saragin, October 25th. Regina Boone, October 30th. And Marilyn Hawk, November 1st. They are blessed for they are now seeing God face to face in glory where there's no sin, death, disease. They're with God in glory. They are blessed. So how about this for a closing thought? For us who are blessed by faith and grace. Can you read it with me? And all God's people say,